0: Hello and welcome everyone to the InventRight livestream. My name is Andrew Kraus. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight and Stephen Key is our other co-founder. I was on vacation last week. I heard Stephen made a quick appearance and did about 30 minutes with you guys last week. I don't know if anybody caught that, but I'm happy to be back. Um, today, our theme is, we're gonna answer your questions as we always do, but what we've been doing lately is answering questions, but also have a theme for the day. So we can kind of expand on your question and talk about the theme so today's theme is failing forward so it's not really failing i mean it's like everything's not working perfectly but you keep moving forward that's a different way of saying failing forward but so many people think when everything doesn't work out just the way they want it to they see it as failing so typically um in many books and a lot of people will talk about failing forward, And if that's true somewhere, it's definitely true with licensing, but it is not failing at all. It's not the way we see it in event, right? But that's something a lot of people can identify with. Um, and so sometimes you're gonna be making mistakes and you are you are gonna be failing because you did the wrong thing. It's like, whoa, but you still learn. And, and then other times you think it's failing, but you didn't fail. You just made an effort and every effort won't, result in a licensing deal or moving that deal forward what have you so um start typing in your questions guys we get more and more people on as we go through the hour we started doing these about um half an hour later i used to do it at four pacific and seven central but now we're doing it 4 30 pacific and 7 30 eastern sorry seven eastern um and so i think people are liking that um, I think last time I was on, we, we had quite a few people, we had almost a hundred people. Um, and as we go through now, as we go on, you know, if you're here and there's not that many people here yet start typing your questions. Cause usually we have so many, we can't get to everybody. So if you're like, oh, I got this burning question, type it now, don't wait until 50 minutes in and they go, Oh, you didn't answer my question. I can't get to everybody, but I try to get to as many as I can. And if you type it in sooner rather than later, I can help you out. Um, so what do we do here at InventRight? We coach and mentor inventors to license their products. What the heck is licensing? What it means is you're gonna rent or lease your product to a large company and it's their money, it's their workforce and it's their distribution. So they may be investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in it. They're utilizing their sales, marketing, manufacturing, advertising teams, you know, sales teams, everybody, accounting, like they've got this machine And maybe they have 50 products, maybe they have 2000 products and your product is one more product in that machine. That's what you want. You wanna tap into that giant machine that they have and all that so you don't need to start a business. You don't need to spend all your time and money. And you can now, you are that big company because your product is with that big company. So I always kind of joke, you can have delusions of grandeur when you're licensing and you're not delusional because for them, Doing 20,000, 50,000, half million units, whatever is normal for that type of product is normal for them. But for you to do that, it would be craziness, you know? And you can do it, but most inventors don't want to when they realize what they really need to do to start a business. And most retailers will not give you the time of day if you're a one product company. They'd rather talk to the big type of company that you can license to. So we've had students in over 65 countries over the last 23 years. If you go to inventright.com, I think I put that link in the chat. Um, you will see um, a whole bunch of our students that have licensed products with products on the market today. And we have students that license products that aren't today, but it's a whole bunch that are there. So check that out um, and go to inventright.com. Also check out inventright.com for all the free resources. The other request I have is if everybody could give me a thumbs up, if you want to wait a few minutes and let me start answering your questions, say, hey Andrew, you didn't deserve it yet. I'm not giving you a thumbs up, staring at it. Okay, it's not changing yet. There's a delay, there's a 30 second delay. So anyway, I'm just joking. Give me a thumbs up if you can, but if you want me to earn it, that's fine. Okay, so let's jump in. Um, Mikey is is funny here. Do you think that InventRight will go on the New York Stock Exchange in the future? Hell no, I don't think so. Um, I think that we are the biggest guy in this niche guiding inventors to license their products, but I don't think it's that big of a market. We would never be on the New York Stock Exchange. Thank you for the um, and I, I have to tell you, Stephen and myself, we were the co-founders. We're really control freaks on doing what we want, how the hell we want it and doing always right by our members. And uh, once you start becoming beholden to stockholders, sometimes it could be very hard to do that. So there's no way in hell we'd ever do that. And um, we're just not that big. It's not that big of a market guiding inventors to license products. I mean, that's a different, different area. Um, uh, Mr. Vladimir74 says, hi there, I already filed a PPA and did my sell sheet. How do I contact people? Okay, so we're talking about failing forward here, right? Um, Mr. Vladimir is your handle, Mr. Vladimir74 is your handle. Um, you have a, you, you filed your PPA, did you do it right? Well, I'm not, I'm just for sake of illustrating what we believe is important, I don't really care. Now our students do a great job of filing provisional patents, but Andrew, protection is so important. Well, if your sell sheet sucks and you're reaching out to the wrong companies, you're not reaching out the right way, you don't need to talk to them. Nobody's ever going to want to see your provisional patent. And that's not something you discuss early on in a conversation anyway. So Vladimir's did a PPA and he did a sell sheet Now, How do I reach out? Well, with those two things, I bet you he did both of them incorrectly in one way or another. If he didn't do the PPA perfectly, ah, that's at the end of the world. And by the way, anything that I share with you today should not be considered legal advice. Please consult an attorney if you're looking for legal advice. That's my little disclaimer. And why do I say that? Because if his cell sheet sucks, it doesn't matter he did a great job with his PPA. And even if he didn't do a good job with his PPA and the sell sheet is great, you can always go back and file another one. So I think being overly concerned about doing a PPA perfectly now is not that much of a concern of mine. Now we have some software that we give our students uh, called Smart IP and it helps our students file a provisional. And then our coaches will guide our students in thinking about all the variations, workarounds, improvements. That's just being an inventor. That's not legal advice even. Um, and that they file really good PPAs. And a while back we had about 10 of our students, we asked, we said, hey, can we give your PPA you filed with our solution that you worked with your coach on to um, a patent attorney? I can't even look at it and he was like oh my god i see ppas from inventors all the time they're horrendous most of them the ones that you guys are doing and your students are doing are amazing okay now okay well okay andrew stop bragging about your students and how amazing their ppas are well why are they amazing I'm going to tell you guys and you guys can do this our students think about the variations workarounds improvements most inventors don't they go well this is what it is this is what it is it's exactly like this no no you gotta go well it could be like this could be like this could be like that and I think Dave has a question in this area in a minute here that I'll get to. But thinking about the variations, workarounds improvements, that's eighty percent of finally a good provisional patent, then our software kind of helps out with the rest. Okay, so but let's say Vladimir did a great job. He did a kick out with the PP, or let's say he did an okay job, okay? Because nobody can see it. Nobody can look it up. Unless he shows it to somebody, they won't know he's done a poor job. He could get interest. He could file before he shows it to him. He could file another PPA, do a better job. Okay, you could always do that. People are like, "Oh, I couldn't do that." Yeah, you can. It's not like it's final and you can't file a second or a third one. Um, now let's get to the sell sheet. So Vladimir also said, "Let's call him Vlad." He might not like that. I oh, don't know. I don't like being called Andy. By the way, it's always Andrew. Um, Andy's a great name. I just it's not for me. Uh, so with uh, let's just talk about random stuff here. So, with the cell sheet, ninety five percent of inventors, Vladimir, that I see that have done a cell sheet that are not in rights students when they show me the cell sheet. It is not good enough. I would say five percent of that, maybe it's like okay. So but ninety percent suck, then another five percent, well, that's okay, but do you want to send okay, And then like five percent, whoa, that's good enough. So there's an extremely high chance that your sell sheet is not good enough, Vladimir, okay? So, cause your next question was, how do I contact people? Well, if you're reaching out with poor marketing materials that they're not getting literally in six seconds, you are wasting your time, okay? Now, you probably won't reach out the right way. You probably won't reach out to the right people or enough people or the right companies, probably do a bunch of that stuff. But let's say you're doing all that stuff right and your, your sell sheet's just not good. You are wasting your time okay now um i'll give you a free way to test it's really not ideal i think having a coach look at it and go okay we could fix it here let's look at the marketplace look at these products okay let's do this or that let's do this one sentence benefit statement these bullet points these pictures now now people will get in six seconds that's ideal but one thing you can do to know if you're way off is find a friend or family member that you've never talked to the idea bef- about the idea before if you talked to them about before you cannot do this okay they could be your super critical uncle. They could be your super supportive mom or spouse. They could be critical or not critical. It, it it matters, but it doesn't really matter. Any of those people would work, or they could be in between. Put your sell sheet, your marketing piece on your computer. Stand behind your computer. If it's a desktop or a laptop, I don't care. Stand behind it and just look at their face. Look if they're confused. If they ask you questions, say nothing. Let them keep asking questions. And you will know really quickly if you accomplish that six seconds, I got it. And you'll know if you need to make some changes is that the ultimate way to fix up a sell sheet no but that's a way to utilize people in your family friends or family or people you know um to realize if you're off now they're not marketing people they're not going to tell you how to fix it will help you realize like oh but if you're in there going oh well it's like this and it does this and this this, is oh that sounds exciting yeah yeah you you've messed it up you don't have the benefit of that when you're reaching out to companies you need to send your marketing piece your sell sheet or your video sell sheet and that is doing all the selling for you you don't have time to explain it so it does help out substantially so i'm all about giving great tips that will work with you for you if you never become an event right student or if you decide to become an event right student one day so um so we still haven't got so we kind of went off a tangent there but i think it's a very important tangent because Vlad's like, hey, I found my PPA, I did my sell sheet. Well, I'm saying Vlad, I bet you one or both of those aren't good enough. I might be wrong. You might be one of those 5% where you did a great job with your marketing piece, but it's rare, but let's assume you do. So how do I reach out to people? So we guide people to reach out on LinkedIn, email, and the phone, all three. Not to have two or three companies, to have 20 or 30 companies, not to reach out to one person in each company, to reach out to three or four in each company. So let's say you have um, 30 companies and you reach out to four people in each company. Let's just say you start off with LinkedIn. That's 120 people. No inventors do that. Our students do it. And that's why when you look up our ideas for sale page on our website, that's why our students license stuff when other inventors don't because they're doing just that. It's not scary. You're just asking permission to send your sales sheet. That's all you're doing to them. And that's doing all the selling for you. So that's the reason why i'm really asking vladimir to really make sure those marketing materials are good and you got to test it you got if you're not going to sign up with us and get a coach you got to show it to some people that have never looked at it and don't explain it it's got to stand up on its own and don't start reaching out to people vladimir if 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 it's not that clear to the people you show it to okay um dave church said i have many variations and embodiments of an invention Uh, where it's actually physically different and would require another PPA. Should I file two or three PPAs or put everything in the one PPA and test the waters? You know, guys, oh, I got this other variation. Nine times out of 10, you're gonna throw it all in the same PPA. But um, an attorney might say, oh, you know, that's a different embodiment. Oh, and you got it. But it really doesn't matter. This is not my legal perspective. This is not legal advice. Please consult your attorney if you're looking for legal advice. I've never seen it make a s pot of difference. My my dad, who's 88 now, pretty damn healthy for 88. Um, he used to say that that s I'm not s h i t pot of difference. Um, and I was like, really? Okay, that's a weird saying. <laughs> Every once in a while, it comes out of me because you're always influenced by your parents, right? Um, it really doesn't make a difference. Uh, patent attorneys will tell you, but They never license anything. They never license anything. They don't know what they're talking about as far as licensing goes. So am I concerned about it? Hell no, I would throw it all into one PPA, but I don't know what your product is. I don't know how different you're talking about. I don't know, but if it's variations of an existing product and it's accomplishing the same thing, then I really wouldn't worry about it, but I'm not giving you legal advice, okay? So, hey, worst case scenario. Okay, let's say you do two PPAs, they're only $60 each. Let's say you wanna be legally correct on all that. Um, but really again, if your sell sheet sucks and your marketing materials suck, people get obsessed about the PPA. I'm like, I'm not that worried about it. Now, do we make sure our students do? I just told you, like we did a little test where we had some of our students who were guided by our coaches and our Smart at software showed it to attorneys. Like, holy crap, this is like a hundred times better than what I normally see. So are most of you doing a terrible job of filing PPAs? Yes. Are most of you doing a terrible job at sell sheets? Yes. Can you fix those things? Absolutely. But if you don't know that you're doing a poor job, then how can you fix it? You don't wanna start reaching out to companies and you're like, how come this isn't working? They're not getting back to me. And it's like, yeah, because you sent something that is embarrassingly amateur and you didn't do your proper research and they just found your idea in 30 seconds. That's another no-no. It irritates, just imagine you're a marketing manager. And this inventor is like, this is so unique. This is so special. And they do a 30 second Google search and they find the exact same thing. You are being incredibly disrespectful to that marketing manager, that company. When you do that, anybody that does that is an amateur. If you bother to do your market research, which is step number one in the invent right system, that will never happen to you. And they will always see you as a pro and they'll put you in this pile and they put all those amateurs over there in this pile. Which pile do you want to be in the pro pile or the amateur pile? Which camp do you want to be in? Pile, there's no pile of people, but a camp, I guess is the better way to put it. Um, very, very important to be in the right right pile. Okay, um, so Dave, great question, great question. Oh, these are all great questions. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Vladimir. Thank you, Dave. Let's kind of speed it up a little bit here. Um, <laughs> Joyful, eclectic woman is her handle. Fail forward, spring back. That's funny, yeah. Um, the daylight savings time thing. I wish, you know, sometimes there are more important things to solve than daylight savings time, but to me, I freaking hated it. I wish we didn't have daylight savings time, but am I making a big deal about it? Am I posting on social media? No, but that's my take on it. Um, I think Arizona has that one right where they don't observe daylight savings time. I'm in Nevada, which is close to Arizona in the desert. It would be great here. I don't know. Maybe people in other areas, they don't feel like it would be so great. Um, Let's see. Hassan says, hello, Andrew. Hello, Hassan. Um, CL7, how much do you charge? So we have a program where we coach and mentor our students for six months one-on-one coaching, then six months group coaching. It's called a premium program. You can find more info about that on our site. And then we also have an online coaching program, which is group coaching, and that's six months. And so we have those two programs. We have some other programs. We also have a, a program where you just get access to some trainings without coaching. Um, when you see our students licensing stuff all the time, it's because they had the coaching, but you could take a look at that. So it ranges from $29 to $3,500. Um, the $3,500, which you can pay over 12 months, is the what 95% of our students do. But we're getting a lot of people doing that $29 month to month program that are really enjoying it. I talked to a woman this morning and um, she was doing fantastic. So you can look at that as well. You could also look at our online coaching too, which is in between, what is that? 14 dollars $1,500, something like that. It always, It's always boggled like, my mind and our other co-founders' mind, Stephen Key, that people will readily throw like $12,000 at a patent attorney, but some people will balk at like having some somebody train you in a profession that's so important to you and train you for like a year. Oh, I don't know, that's a lot of money. It's like, really? And I, I don't want somebody to sign up that's like, they're not going to be paying their utility bill because they're paying us. Don't do that because licensing is not a get-rich-quick scheme. We make a lot of money with licensing, but it's not overnight. Let me turn off this other phone that was ringing here. There we go. OK, you guys couldn't hear it. It was ringing in my ear. So I start to look like a crazy person when I'm like doing this. You're like, what's wrong with Andrew? Um, so anyway, enough of that. Let's let's get to some questions here. Um, thank you, CL7, was it? Rafat, hi, Andrew, do you think not engaging and moving forward with the idea is a fail? Uh, I have an idea for a long for a long time, but it is taking me a lot to materialize it, any advice? So um, I don't think it's a failure to decide to move on to another product. The thing is, if you're not moving forward with it, there might be nothing wrong with this product. It might be a perfect product, but you don't know how to reach out to companies. You don't know how to file a PPA. You don't know how to make a sell sheet. You don't know how to negotiate. You don't know how to do all your research. You don't know how to do all the stuff that we guide you to do. So um, you're, you're not, you might not be moving forward cause you're not getting the right help or the right advice, or you don't know what to do. But I definitely don't think that if you come to a conclusion like, you know, cause you, you might have fallen in love with an idea. And then, then at some point step back and go, well, I'm gonna do my market research. I'm looking at this again. You know, I don't know if this idea has legs. I think I need to change it up a little bit to make it better. But once an inventor has been thinking about an idea for a long time, it kind of become frozen in your brain. Like this is what it is. This is what it is. And you lose your creativity sometimes. So sometimes you'll go back and you'll fix it up and then you'll push it out again or for the first time. And sometimes you go, you know, I know I've been really excited about this and it's hard to admit like, you know, I got better ideas. Maybe I'll move on the next idea. I don't see that as a failure. I see that as a pro move. But if you don't know how to analyze what's a good idea, what's not, and you never really made an effort, like filing a patent and making a prototype is no effort whatsoever as far as trying to license it. If you didn't get in front of a company that could license it, you didn't make an effort, right? You didn't, why would you quit? All right. You know, you might be upset like, oh, because I threw all this money at this patent attorney or did this or that. And it has nothing to do with the invention really. So, um, so, I don't see as stopping working on one product and working on another as a fail, but you got to decide, does it make sense to quit this one or not? and that that's where a coach really, really helps. Um Harry says, "Hello, Andrew. how are you? I'm doing great, Harry. I'm doing fantastic." Margie said, "Hi, Andrew. I hope you had a good vacation last week. Um, when we can't connect with people on LinkedIn or get anywhere with emails, you suggested definitely making a call. What do you advise we say in that call? Well, you might not get a hold of them, or they might just pick up. I've had students like I reached out to them tons of times um, via LinkedIn, via email, and then I call them, and they picked up the friggin' phone. I mean, a lot of people don't pick up the phone these days, right? Or maybe you're not. Don't think that you're necessarily going to reach them. Maybe you reach the gatekeeper. Hey, I've been trying to reach Bob. I am a product developer, and I license products to companies like yours. And I think he, as the marketing manager for such and such line, he would be very interested in this product and I'm looking to license it. Um, does he prefer like phone, email? What kind of communications does he prefer? You know, you ask that sort of question. It's just a random, there's many ways you can do it. And, oh yeah, you know, I could put you right through to him and he's in today. Oh, okay, you go right through. Or, you know, he really prefers email, uh, but God, he's been so busy. He, he has, his his wife been sick the last two weeks and he's been out, oh, okay. You know, and, and hey, I'll, you send it to me, I'll send it over to him or whatever. All sorts of things can happen. So you never know if it's gonna be email, phone. Really, you should be doing all three. Now our students like to start with LinkedIn because if you can just send somebody a direct message and they're gonna get back to you, it's easy. People are a little timid about calling. Um, so when you're asking me what you should say in that call, you might not be with them. It might be with the gatekeeper that's helpful. That might be a gatekeeper, it's not helpful at all. You'll find out. You might leave a voicemail and you might tell them, look, I've been, you can, this isn't, I wouldn't do this in the first one, but you can kind of leave the the friendly threatening one. Look, I've been reaching out to you uh, on LinkedIn five or six times, I sent you four or five emails. Um, I'm a product developer. I don't know if you're open to new product submissions, but I'm gonna drop you another email and please get back to me. I'll I'll continue to follow up. So you're kind of like, this is just we make a joke of this at event, Right. Like the threat. Like, so if he's like, no, I don't want that, he can say, No, we're not open to ideas, or going can say, you know, I've just been super busy, out. And you 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 left that voicemail, which he may or may not listen to. That's okay. Sometimes things work, sometimes don't. You just get a lot of irons in the fire. And you 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 prompted him to take a look at the email. And like as soon as you get off and leave that voicemail, you drop another email. So you just try a lot of different stuff. So Margie with regards to who you're talking to it might be the gatekeeper and it might be it might be them where they pick up the phone or you might be just leaving a voicemail you know voicemails usually don't work but if you do the hey I've been following up with you I'm just letting you know and I'll keep doing it (laughs) but in a friendly way not a stocky kind of way right Um, now also a lot, like I said before, you don't reach out to one person in a company until you get one person that responds. So you might reach out to somebody in sales; they always pick up the phone. You might reach so reach out to their people. So part of the problem margin might be you're only reaching out to one person in each company. All right, um, Matt Miller. Good evening, Andrew. And what do you get with the twenty nine dollars a month? Is Smart IP included? No, that's, Smart IP is only, you can get it separately on our website for $99 the one-time use. $29 a month is our uh, monthly um, membership where you get access to some training videos and um, an outline of our 10 steps. So it goes beyond our book, One Simple Idea, but obviously at $29 a month, it's not one-on-one coaching and help from a negotiation coach and a licensing coach. So you can look on the website and find more about that because I don't want to like, give a sales pitch, but you can check out the website about that. Um, CL7, can I hire you to do everything for me? If you're looking for that, what you're gonna find is all these invention promotion companies and the Federal Trade Commission, the Patent Office warns against them. Um, and basically the way these companies work, I'm not talking about any company in particular, that you could have a lump of coal. These, the salespeople there, they're like, New York stockbrokers are like, they're ruthless. They're like Wolf of Wall Street type people, right? If you ask me, that's my opinion. They'll sell anything to anybody, right? You can have a lump of coal, they're going to tell you it's great. They don't care what your idea is. They say, well, oh, you don't have to do anything. And they cater to inventors that think they can just have an idea and not do any work. Now, at InventRight, licensing a product, you don't need to start a business. You don't need to raise money. You don't need to hire employees. Like, How much better does it get than that? when you license to a big company, you're just looking to do that one deal and you're gonna dump the whole thing on them. If that's not good enough for you, something's wrong. But, oh, but I have a great idea. It's just about my idea. I just need somebody to sell it for me. And that sounds great to newbies, but what happens is you get victimized by these invention promotion companies. We talk to somebody at InventRight every day or every other day at the very least, that has been taken for 10 or $12,000. Over 23 years that's happened. Every day, every other day, talk to somebody who's been taken for $10, dollars Never, ever have we talked to anybody that's licensed a product that way. If you look at our our uh, ideas for sale page with all our students that have licensed products, you can see our students are doing deals all the time. You know why? Because our students actually reach out to companies. Deals can happen. These invention promotion companies, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but I've seen their marketing materials. They're absolutely horrendous. All, most of the stuff I've seen. Occasionally it's okay, occasionally. Um, the contracts usually just say we need to submit your idea to industry, which means they could spam 3 people with some terrible mark materials and they met their contractual obligation. So, and then a year later they go, "Oh, nobody's interested." So, they're in the business of separating you from your money. They're not in the business of licensing your products because their track record is abysmal. And but people are like a lot of people run screaming from us. They're like, "Wait a minute, you want me to do some sort of work? I'm a genius inventor. I don't want to, have to do any work. I just want somebody to do this for me. I just want somebody to sell it for me." And you will end up getting victimized by an invention promotion company if that's your attitude. I understand if you're new to this, you're like, "Well, it makes sense. I'm great. I'm creative. Came up with an idea. There's a company that specializes in licensing it, licensing it for me. Twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars to make a serious run of it. But you doing it on your own, it doesn't cost you anything to do it. I mean, obviously, if we're coaching and mentoring you on how to do it, but you have to make the effort, and you have to make the effort over time, over two, three, four, five, six months. You know, it's not like you're gonna like start calling companies and two weeks later, you're gonna have a deal. We've only had a few students that have done that. So, um, no, we can't do it all for you. And we won't do it all for you, but we'll guide you through all of it. We'll help you through the negotiation. But you need to like reach out on LinkedIn. You need to work with your coach on the sell sheet. And we're alongside you, the whole thing. And it's not that much effort. When you learn how to do this, you could spend, you know, two, three, four hours a week and you could totally license products. You could have your side gig, you know, but you need to learn how to do it. And you only learn how to do something by actually doing it. You can't go, well, I'm going to be in the NFL. I'm going to be in the Super Bowl and I'm never going to practice. I'm just going to show up tomorrow at the Super Bowl. I mean, that's ridiculous, but we can make sure you do and say everything right. So that's what we do. So um, sorry to talk about that so much. Um, my two cents is their handle. I think the hardest part for me is having ideas that are cost effective. Oh, can the company make it for a profit that is very important um, it needs to be manufacturable and at a reasonable price i mean let's be honest any invention can be made at a price but it can you make it at a reasonable price so you kind of look at all other products in the space of your invention in that micro category so let's say it was a barbecue spatula you'd look at all the barbecue spatulas if it's a kitchen cutting board you look at those if it's a Automotive air freshener that clips on there, like what's the price range? Like it goes from $2.99 to $10.99, and like your air freshener for the car is $150. Okay, you know, reality check, you know, okay, well, how can I make it reasonable? So if you study the marketplace and you make it reasonable, but my two cents, I don't know, I don't know if that's really a problem for you. You Just think it is. I I don't know. We can't talk about your ideas on here, but it is a very important point. Yes, absolutely. It needs to be able to be made at a reasonable price, no matter how much they like it. If they look at it and go, we can't make this at a price people will pay, that product should be out or you should figure out how to make it at a reasonable price. Um, and a lot of us, you know, don't have any manufacturing experience. You can make those changes without, you can use common sense. You can look at all these products, look at the, the ones that are around 9.95 and go, okay, I see what they're doing there. So I'm gonna change it so I can be in that price point. And this is what I'm gonna do to change it. You don't need to be a manufacturing expert to do that. All you guys can do that. Um, uh, Harry said, sorry, uh, my messages are misunderstanding. No worries, Harry. Uh, I don't even know what you said earlier. Uh, I don't think I answered one of your questions yet. Um, it's, isn't it, 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 in it oh, that's an interesting, it's in T, okay, is their handle. Hello there, I was wondering um, if taking your course would also mean being introduced to tabletop game publishers or if you only provide their email addresses. No, we do something much better. The coach is going to guide you to make your list of companies that is right, this perception, that you guys are not capable of doing that is amateur hour, you can totally do it. Um, So when a coach guides a student, they look at your product, they work with you, and they show you how to do your research to find those companies. And you can reach out to them, LinkedIn, email, and phone. You don't need us to give you that. Now we have a Bridging the Gap program where we do meetings with, um, we've had several toy companies on there, and we give you their email. And that's, you know, I think we've had 35 companies on, we have two or three a month. And then we have a Companies Looking for Ideas database, which has lists of companies that are looking for ideas, but it doesn't have an email, it just says that we reached out to them at some point. And then, but you don't need that stuff. A coach can guide you to make your list from scratch. This thought that I need to go call Bob there and call Sally there, it's amateur hour, you don't have to do that. We can guide you to make your list, but people think like, oh, I need to know the name of the person, and here's what we're really getting at here. Here's why people really need that. They don't want to get rejected. They don't want to get a no. Well, if I know the name and I know they're open, then I'm good. you know. And that's just, no, nah, you're going to limit your success that way. I see we have more people here than have given me a thumbs up. So if, if some, everybody can give me a thumbs up, that would be great. I've been doing this for 33 minutes. I think I earned it. If I didn't, hey, don't give me a thumbs up. But if you think I earned it, please just click on that thumbs up button. I appreciate that. And click on subscribe and the notification button below if you're not already subscribed. Um, it's free. It does Nothing happens. It just kind of notifies you I went live and stuff. Um, let's see. Mark, PPAs are never opened or examined until a non-provisional is filed. Very true. Uh, why risk disclosing our concepts to unnecessary third party fi- PPA filing services? Um, Well, first of all, we're, I don't know if you're talking about our smart IP software. Um, Nobody looks at that. We don't look at it. We co-developed our smart IP software with patent attorney, Gene Quinn. Um, We have a stellar reputation. We had uh, Kathy Vidal on a webinar with us actually two. She's the new director of the entire patent office. So you got nothing to worry about us if you're referring to us, Um, but you know, I. If you wanted to use our smart IP software and you're saying you're worried that online solution, like you're exposing your idea to, and then we're going to like steal your idea. Like we've never had a problem in 23 years. Um, but if you're concerned about that, I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but we, we don't file it. So our software will like guide you through writing it so you got the right structure. And then it gives you instructions on filing it with the patent office. So we're not a filing service. Um, but if people don't want that liability. I mean, who wants that liability? Who's doing crap like that? Um, sometimes I think, uh, and then the other thing Mark said, independent inventors can easily file a relevant, comprehensive and effective PPA themselves for $75 filing fee directly through the patent office. I agree, yeah, and we don't, we don't file for people. Um, we just give them software to make sure they have a good structure. And by the way, they reduced it now, Mark, it was seven like what's going down in price they reduced it from 75 to 60 isn't that weird like that's kind of cool nothing's going down in price but i agree but what i found mark i don't know if you're earlier um most ppas when i talk to patent attorneys are absolutely horrendous that inventors file but we got 10 of our students to say hey can we have permission to send your ppa they gave it to us we didn't you know, they're all students of ours and we sent it to this patent attorney and he's like oh my god it's like 100 times better than what i normally see from inventors. So based on the patent attorneys we've talked to, um, Mark, I do believe, and we believe in empowering inventors to file their own provisionals, but a lot of them are doing extremely poor jobs of filing it. But going back to what I said, I don't think it's that important. Like if your sell sheet sucks, you don't know how to reach out to companies, nobody's gonna show interest anyway. So I don't think people overemphasize the patent provisional. And you, know, you can legally say patent pending, let's say you get a lot of interest, is the first thing you're gonna be doing showing them provisional? Hell no, you're gonna be talking to them. and be like, okay, you know, I did this myself. I don't know if I did a great job. And I, I talk to some inventors off the ledge. They're like, oh, I think I need to file a full patent. And I'm like, just file it again now. And maybe now you have a patent attorney to look at cause you got some interest now. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more. Inventors should file their own PPAs, absolutely. Um, but you don't have anything to worry about with us if somebody wants to use our software. Uh, but if you don't know us, I could see why you might be concerned about that. Um, I we don't I don't even have access to that. None of the coaches do, none of our staff does, nobody does. Um Gene, who's the patent attorney we did that with, his wife is the administrator, like literally nobody has access to that, you know. Um, so I I wouldn't be concerned about it. Uh Robbie, uh my name is Robbie Cruz, and I would like to get in contact with you. May I schedule a personal call at your convenience this week? Yeah, you can go to um Yeah, just drop me an email if you want it to be with me. Just drop me an email at andrew at inventright.com, and I'll see what your needs are, and I can tell you about our programs. Um, My two cents, I have a a game that can be played two different ways. I can't explain both in 60-second video. What about putting uh, a version one with a button version and two with a button to their video in my cell sheet? Okay. This is the kitchen sink, the sell sheet or video. Oh, but I got five different versions of it. So in my marketing piece, I wanna throw all those five in there. No, you can't. Now the farthest you can go is go, you have to decide this is my best version. I gotta decide what I think is the most likely. And that's the main version of the cell sheet. Sometimes you'll have a variation that's a smaller picture. So when I'm making these gestures, it's a cell it's a sheet, a marketing piece, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper or a PDF. And you got the big picture and you have a smaller picture here that um, is saying, you know, optional variation or something. So you can do that. So now my two cents has a game. So you kind of got to show the gameplay and the fun. And, the, and, and my two cents is saying, well, I, I want to do two 60 second videos. They don't really have time for that, to be honest. My knee jerk reaction, just general advice for everybody, is pick the best one and go for it. You know, they don't have time to look at five different versions. They don't have time to look at two 60 second videos. They don't have time for it. Now, you could always make an exception. You can say, you know, in the cell, she can say, here's my video and pick which one's better. And then you could, then you could say optional variation, another, and let them know their 60 second video because that, believe it or not, they're busy. They're not gonna like dig through it, think on it, noodle on it. They either, you're gonna elicit an emotional reaction that gets them going, hmm, yeah, I think our customers would like it or you aren't. So you could do both. Would I recommend that? Nine times out of 10, no. Would you be the exception? There's always an exception, but don't try to throw five variations of your product. It just muddies the water. Don't do that. There are always exceptions. It doesn't always mean that 100% of the time. Alex says, my name is Alex. If I license my idea, should people I'm pitching to actually try out my prototype so that they understand how effective my product is? A vast majority of our students don't even have a prototype. They just have a virtual prototype, and a sell sheet. The company, the marketing manager sees the sell sheet and go, oh yeah, we can sell that. Because you're not selling a prototype. You're not selling a patent. This is a very invent-right thing to say. We've been saying this forever. Not selling a patent or a prototype. You're selling the benefit of your idea. How do you do that? in a one page, eight and a half by 11 sell sheet or a video, that's what you're selling. Um, so a lot of times it's like, they look at that, they look at the virtual prototype, they look at the sell sheet and they go, we're good. And maybe they wanna get some quotes over in Asia, maybe because they're, they're using a factory over there and they wanna make sure they can make it at a reasonable price. Now, I'm not saying sometimes they don't wanna play with a prototype, but sometimes they just ask a few questions and then they're satisfied. And they ask you for a prototype, but you didn't need to make one or send one sometimes you need to make one and send it but to think that in order to do a licensing deal you need an issued patent and you need a prototype is completely and utterly false the vast majority of our students don't so um maybe you you know it looks great in your cell sheet wow it's a virtual prototype it's a rendering it looks okay that's what it's going to look like and your prototype you end up sending it was all duct taped together and all that and it looks terrible but it lets them play with it so it really completely depends on the product but you know, um, no, you don't always have to do that by any means, no. And if that's like holding you back from reaching out to companies, oh, but I don't have a prototype. But I don't have a prototype. Don't make a prototype. You know, and if they insist you make one and you haven't made one, they will not run for the hills. They were intrigued by the benefits. They'll wait if they don't wanna do it. A lot of times you convince them to do it, right? Wouldn't that be nice? But sometimes they're like, no, no, we don't wanna do it. We want you to do it and you figure it out. Maybe you hack something together. Maybe you even spend a few bucks on it, but most of the time, it's not necessary, not all the time. So when we give answers like this, it's not answers that are 100% accurate all the time. Um, let's see. Harry and Robbie, thanks for the thumbs up. Harry says, you probably don't know what PPA stands for. I don't know if you're, it stands for Provisional Patent Application. I don't think you were talking to me. Um, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes people, let's talk about that real quick. Sometimes people think it's a provisional patent and attorneys are very anal. And this is one area where I have to agree with attorneys. It's not a patent, guys. It's a provisional patent application, PPA, okay? It's as if you never filed it. If you don't later file a utility and reference it, but you can legally say on your sell sheet, patent pending. So for 60 bucks, you can legally say patent pending. You don't have to say provisional patent application or provisional patent pending, you say patent pending. Isn't that cool? It's fantastic. Um, Amanda, hi, a lot of my ideas aren't revolutionary inventions. They're improvements on products that currently exist. That's great. Those are the easiest freaking products to license. Um, that's fantastic. What if the original inventor had an improvement clause who would receive royalties? I don't understand. Um, that's not the way that works. So. An improvement clause is something you could put in an NDA or you could put in a licensing agreement. And it says like, hey, I'm doing a licensing agreement with you. And if you come up with an improvement, you still have to pay me royalties or you need to give me permission. It could be a lot of different things. Um, I'm gonna own any improvements. Um, but what a, she's Amanda's talking about the original inventor. What original inventor? Like, you know, I don't know what you mean. Just because inventor put an improvement clause In a contract they did with another company or that same company um it doesn't mean that you the if you come up with a new improvement that you whatever is protected by the patent is what's protected an improvement clause protects you with a company you do a deal with but it doesn't protect you from the public coming up with a new variation that doesn't violate a patent that's already been filed if that makes sense i know i'm talking kind of fast there but um so You know, yeah, I guess let's go with your fictitious scenario, which I've literally never seen happen. Over the 23 years, I've seen people come up with very creative, fictitious scenarios. They're always good learning experiences, but I've literally never, ever seen that happen, Amanda, in 23 years with students in 65 countries. So that's always helpful when I say that to people because then they're like, oh, now I have some perspective. Like, oh, that over there, that's going to happen all the time, Andrew said. But this over here has never seen it happen with students in 65 countries over, over 23 years okay maybe i shouldn't be so concerned about that so what amanda's saying is like i guess i license an inventor licensed a product to this company that she's trying to license to she did a licensing this other inventor did a licensing contract and so there's improvements clause that told the company hey i own any improvements but then you come into the same company as another inventor and try to license an improvement and there's an improvement clause how does that like i've never seen that happen I wouldn't even remotely worry about that. Like, you know, I mean, first of all, you, that she would not own any improvements. She would own, or the other inventor would own improvements on her invention that she's filed a patent on anyway. But it could cause a problem for the company going, oh, we can't license this because the inventor, we gave them the rights to this invention, any improvements. If in that fictitious scenario, that I've never seen happen, and I don't think will ever happen. Could that be a problem? Yeah, that could, it could. But that's a most of you are probably like, Andrew, you lost me. Um, but don't worry, I've never ever seen that happen remotely. But it's a fascinating question, Amanda. Um, uh, let's see, CL7, when signing up for your coaching, is there some paperwork that protects the inventor from having an idea taken by someone on your team? Don't mean to insult, no worries. Possibly just an irrational fear. Yeah, we sign a non-disclosure. Myself and our other co-founder, Steven, signs it, It covers everybody in the company. Everything is confidential. A coach could come up with an improvement. Hey, you could improve this product like this. It's all yours. We take no percentage. And we don't try to sell people other services when they're a member with us either um, because there's no like bait and switch. So everything is confidential. And we sign a non-disclosure. And we've never had a problem in 23 years. I don't think the director of the patent office would come on webinars with us if we were one of those um, types of companies, but you know they have known us for 23 years. They know we're the good guys. So, And you can't say that about these invention promotion companies. They they don't wanna to touch them with a 10 foot pole, um, but we're completely different because we're like, we make inventors do work. Uh, you don't have to start a business, you don't need to raise money, you don't to hire employees, but you need to do the work to do the deal with that one company. Um, so CL7, I I understand that fear. Follow us a bit. When people get to know us, they're not afraid of things like that anymore. But people that are new, I could totally understand that. And I think it's a good question. Um, but yeah, we sign an NDA, everything's confidential. Um, Alex says thanks, bro. You're welcome, man. Uh it, it's an it is there a handle it says thanks with the that symbol. That's pretty cool. Harry Stoller, I'm glad to hear your vacation was great. Yeah, I have fun. Uh uh. I, I you know, we went up, we rented an Airbnb, we rented a cabin up in the snow. And we were going to go to, it was in Utah. And because I live in Nevada and Utah's not that far away. We we're going to go to Bryce and maybe Zion and, and Brian said, which is a ski resort, but we could barely get into the cabin cause it was snowed in. And I have a full size truck and I, had, but it's a two wheel drive and I had chains on the back and, um, we couldn't get up this hill. And this guy, I don't think he's experienced with renting his cabin out. He, um, I called him like, dude, I can't get up this hill. We're just sliding down this hill. Like, there's got to be another way. He's like, I don't know. You know, I said, it says four-wheel drive. I said, it says four-wheel drive or chains. And so I figured it out. I looked at the map and I'm like, look, I said to my wife and I have my 10-year-old daughter in the backseat, we're like sliding down the hill. And I'm like, let's go around here as a more gradual rise. And we got to the cabin and then we were like, we're just going to stay here the whole time. (laughs) So we just hung out in the cabin. I played with my daughter in the snow. We played games and it it was a blast. And I'm one of those guys that never takes vacation. It doesn't take enough. So it was it was really nice. I highly advise you guys spend some time with your family. And it was nice that, you know, normally we're kind of like, let's get out, do this and this and this. Then you need a vacation from your vacation. We actually relaxed and just kind of chilled out. And that was, you got to do that every once in a while. I like the crazy vacations too, but, um, so thank you for asking. Um, Alex said, should I invest in a professional animation designer to make a 30 second video? My budget is a thousand bucks. No, a lot of these invention scam companies, they'll do these cheesy animations with people moving like this. And I'm like, oh God, no, we do virtual prototypes. That's enough. You don't need an animated one. Inventors get really excited about it. I'm not saying it would never be applicable, but it's really not necessary. Um, There are other ways. I mean, like, let's let's say you had a still 3D rendering and you did a video and there's like, for a first few seconds, you're showing one angle and, and somebody's talking, and then you've got another few seconds showing another angle. It gets the point across. You don't need animations with people moving like this. Have I seen some nice ones? Yes. Is it necessary? Would I spend 1000 bucks on animation? Hell no. I wouldn't do that. I think It's a waste of your money. Um, when people join with us, they get um, This month we have a special where you get a virtual prototype and you get a sell sheet, That's I think until March 31st, but now I sound like a sales schmuck, but it's just true. I would not spend a thousand bucks on an animation. I don't think it's necessary. I think sometimes they look so cheesy, it hurts you. But I've seen some really kick-ass ones, but I don't think it's necessary. What you wanna accomplish is them understanding your product in like six seconds, okay? Um, uh, Robbie said, my idea is relatively new, whatever everybody's is, right? Uh, what information should we have before contacting your company to save us both time? Oh, okay. I see your, you're, the fact that you came up with it is relatively new. Um, well, Robbie, i would watch us ramble on YouTube. I think this is a good, just this Q and A is great. By the way, I see more people on than I see thumbs up. So if I could get some more thumbs up, it really helps us with the algorithm and we'll spend a whole hour and spend another 10 minutes answering your guys' question. Really everybody, Everybody, when I ask and I beg, everybody starts to do it. Please give me a thumbs up. Don't be stingy with that. Um, that's that's not cool. Not that you aren't, everybody does it when I ask. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll just feel insulted and I may never do this again if I don't. I'll just sit, I, sometimes I joke. I'm like, I'm just gonna stare. I go, okay, let's see, okay, we got, let's see. It's not going up. Gotta get one more before we start again. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do that sometimes to joke, but, um all right there we go We've got a whole bunch um okay so robbie i think listening to me ramble about all the stuff you're like oh there's some things to learn here they're going to expect me to do some work um i don't think you need to do anything more than where you're at i think just having listened to me ramble for an hour is good i would go on our contact us page and i would book a call and you'll talk to sylvia or dana they'll explain how our program works nobody is pushy here at invent you'll noodle on it for a bit and decide it's right for you. So I would just talk to Sylvia or Dana. So go to inventright.com, click on Contact Us, and book a call. And you're not going to feel any pressure. We don't sell used cars or any crap like that. Um, uh, Harry said, thank you, Andrew. You're very helpful. You're welcome, Harry. Um, CL7, thank you for answering my questions. Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for the thumbs up, too. Um, You'll call soon. Great. We'll be here. We've been around for 23 years. We're not going anywhere. Chanel, we get this question a lot. Chanel, is it necessary to start a business or LLC prior to the invention process? No, it's absolutely not. But you will, when you get in the midst of a deal and it looks like you're gonna close a deal with a company, file it then. Now, if you have financial reasons or tax reasons for doing it before you can, but most of our students, I'd go, you know, it's just one more thing to do. You've already got to learn a bunch of stuff. We're gonna be guiding you through this. You never wanna do a licensing deal under your own name. You always wanna do an LLC or corporation. Most people just do an LLC. It's pretty easy to do, very easy to do actually. But you can do it when you're in the midst of a deal and you don't care. Maybe they're like, oh, I've known you under this name and well, now we're getting close to doing this deal and now you wanna do this LLC. Like, what are you doing? Like, they don't care. You're just gonna be like, I want you to do it it on this LLC and they'll be like, whatever, we don't care. We just want the product. So you can wait, Chanel. It's just one more thing to do. With licensing and the approach we teach, you're not, you don't have a bunch of costs. You're not hiring employees. You're not spending big money. So it's not like you got a bunch of costs to write off. You can do this for very, very little money. So filing an LLC going, oh, I got a business and I'll write all this stuff off. Well, okay, if you want to do that and you've got all those, but our whole approach is not to spend a bunch of money. So you don't need all those write-offs and no money's coming in until you do a deal. So you could wait, but you might have tax reasons for doing it, you know? So I can't give you a definitive answer either way, but most people will wait um a joyful eclectic woman uh says as always thank you andrew you she's a regular thank you so much um alex said well thank you so much i think i subconsciously read that uh, eric said inventions can be as simple as money for nothing and your skits for free okay money okay <laughs> i think that was what is that an old i'm old enough that i know that i'm 53 it's an old dire strakes th- song but I don't know, it's, it's money for nothing and your chicks for free. So I don't know if that's appropriate. Money money for nothing and your skits for free. Okay, Eric, that's funny. Um, I have to go now, buy. Okay, see you, Harry. Um, Alex, if a company I'm pitching to already has a product that could be bundled with my product, how much leverage will this give me? It really depends. Um. And you really your royalty will depend on like, it's like, oh, they could bundle it with this or they could sell it separate. It totally depends. But that could be great. If you can piggyback of something that they're selling 200,000 units a year and they're going to add your product to every unit like that's incredible. that that, that could, But it really depends. You got to like show it and see what where they want to go. And you have discussions and our negotiation coach helps our students through that back and forth. So it really depends. Um, Chanel says, thank you for answering. You're so welcome um i think i'm going to call it a day guys thank you so much for all the um (laughs) eric said skits as animations was my intention but yes you got it okay you're just too clever for me eric i'm not that bright but i do understand licensing that's the one thing i do get um all right guys everybody thank you so much if you guys down below click on subscribe if you're not subscribed and click on the notification button and if you um can watch more of our videos if you want to jump off now watch for more of our videos and click give them a thumbs up that would be great and i will be back next monday check out inventright.com for our free resources page take a look at the inventions for sale page for all students licensed products and if you want to book a call with us click on contact us talk to sylvia and Dana. they're both super friendly they're actually both former students all of our coaches are former students everybody in customer service is former students we have a very unique company uh, and for those of you that were new You're like, I don't really know you guys. Hang out for a bit. Get to know us. All right. All right. Take care, everybody. Keep inventing. See you next time. Bye.